Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Man, well, I am so excited uh, to conclude this morning our series that we started a couple weeks ago called Cut the Cord. And so again, if you haven't yet shared this service on your social media, I'd love for you to do that. I'd love for you to let us know that you're here in the comments section. Let us know if you have any prayer requests or any, anything that you would like for us to know in a community. Um, man, this is a great place to do it. As we jump into this this morning, we're going to conclude this series called Cut the Cord. And the first week, we, we talked about cutting the umbilical cord and, and that whole process. And what God is doing right now in this season is spiritually he's cutting an umbilical cord. The way that we sustain life in the past is not going to be the way that many of us uh, sustain life in the future. God is leading us into a new way of, of living and receiving what we need to receive. And last week, um, we, we talked about cutting the, the cable cord, cutting the, t- the TV cord, and how, man, when you cut the cord, <laughs> like it's, it's cheaper, it's more efficient, there's not as much junk and stuff, it's better. It's just better. It's just better to to obey God and follow God and allow God to cut that cord and bring you into the new. This morning, we're going to conclude this with another way that we we often see and think about cutting the cord. And we've all seen these kind of movies, these action thriller movies where um, there's these two people who are trying to save the world or they're trying to save some people or maybe some location and they encounter a bomb. Y'all have seen this movie. They encounter a bomb and there's the bomb and they got to, they have like the bomb is counting down. It's on a timer and when it gets to zero, the whole thing is going to blow up and they're going to die. And listen, spoiler alert, that never happens. (laughs) <laughs> they always get it, but they always come down to like, they're going to have to cut a wire to, to stop this bomb and they don't know which wire to cut. And so they're taking a chance and the clock is running down. It's going five, four, three, two. It always stops on one. Again, spoiler alert. It always stops on one. And at one, you know, they, they cut the right cord. I don't know if it's the black cord or the red cord or the green cord or the blue cord. I don't know. It's not as easy for me like the matrix, the red pill. Or, but it's the, it's the one cord, and they, they cut that cord right on time. But if they don't cut that cord or if they cut the wrong cord, if they just decide, I don't know which cord to cut, and so I'm not going to cut a cord, then they die. <laughs> like that that's the drama of the moment in the movie. And a lot of times in church, especially now in our culture, we want to tell you about all the benefits. We want to tell you about all the good and all the blessing and how God loves you and God will forgive you. And God does. He loves you. He will forgive you over and over and over and over again. But make no mistake about it. God is also a just God. He is also righteous There are consequences that come along with disobeying God. This morning, this is not a message of fear. This is a message of warning. And honestly, when we get to the end, you'll see this is a message of hope. I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 19 and Really, I I can't start reading in Genesis 19 without giving you a little backdrop that actually goes back 
several chapters to to Genesis, really chapter 13, where we see uh, the beginning of Abram, who we now call Abraham, beginning of his journey. And God tells him to leave everything that he has and go to a land that he will show him. And so Abram obeys that. He gets up. He brings his nephew Lot and, and Lot's, uh, Lot's family with him. And they go, and they're going. And, and Abram was so rich. He had so much stuff. And Lot actually had a lot of stuff and was fairly rich as well. The land couldn't contain both of them, so they had to split up. Also, their, their, their tribes started, like, battling a little bit. And they were like, look, Abram was like, look, I don't, I don't want us to get to a place where me and you are divided, so um, let's not let our people divide us. And so you, go, you pick whichever way you want to go, and I'll go the opposite way so that we can settle and remain in peace and develop our, our place there. And, and Lot actually looks, and he sees this land. And he's like, man, that land looks great. Like, that land looks like the place I want to be. And so Lot chooses that way. Abram goes the other way. And the way that Lot went, the Bible tells us that he, pinched his, he pitched his tent towards Sodom, this place called Sodom. And the Bible also tells us when that happens that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, meaning he decided to go towards Sodom. He chose that area, that place, and that's where he wanted to live, close to Sodom. And it says that Sodom was full of evil people. And so Lot chooses what looks like the best land, but it's a bunch of people who don't follow God, a bunch of wicked people, a bunch of evil people. And we get to um, Genesis chapter 19 and it's this amazing story of God sending angels, which are messengers. And, and when you read through this, you'll, you'll read angel and you'll read men. And the reason for that is the word angel there just means messenger. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's God sending people. They look like people. They, you would have no idea that they were angels and they, they, they look like men. And he sends them into Sodom, and, and it tells us that Lot is there at the gate, at the entrance, waiting, and they actually come in, and, and Lot is like, oh, man, we're so glad that you're here. you got to come to my house. Man, we'll cook you up a big feast, and you can stay with us. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to stay in the city. Um, they were actually there. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys this. They were there because uh, God had said Sodom is so Evil, I'm going to destroy it. And y'all might remember this. And, and Abram like, has this back and forth negotiation with God. Like, God, are you going to destroy all the righteous people? And God's like, no. And Abram's like, well, what about if there's 50 righteous? What about if there's 45? What about if there's 40? He gets all the way down to 10. What if there's 10 righteous people? And so these two angels are coming in the form of men to see, are there even 10 righteous people in this place called Sodom? They get there. And Lot's like, come on. And they're like, no, we're going to go stay in the city. And Lot's like, no, 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 I insist you need to come stay with us. They actually come. They're staying with Lot and his wife, and they have this big feast. And apparently the town of Sodom finds out that these men are there. And, and in Genesis 19, it tells us that every one of them come to Lot's house and surround Lot's house. Bible says that these people demanded to know these angels or these men. Now, because we don't have kids' world separated yet, I'm, I'm not. If, it doesn't actually mean to know like you think, or like the kids think. These men wanted to know these other men and these angels. If you don't know, then go look up the Message translation. I'm sure that tells it a little more plainly. 
And, and this is an amazing story, one that I still cannot wrap my mind around because Lot in this situation where he has these men, he doesn't know that they're angels. He just knows that they're guests and, and they're there. And now everybody in town wants to come and know them. And Lot's like, no, 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 you, no, these are our guests. Lot does something that I cannot fathom. Lot is like, take my daughters instead. I don't know. I don't have a good point for that. I don't have revelation on that yet. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I don't know. But that's what happens. Then <laughs> we read that the, the two men, the angels, they actually blind all of these people that are trying to force their way into Lot's house to get them. And they blind them to the point where the, the men who are there surrounding the house can't even get into the house. And they get so tired trying that they just essentially... Give up. And that's where we pick up in Genesis chapter 19 with verse uh, 12. The, these angels here, they've blinded the men, and the men weren't able to get into the house. And then Genesis 19, verse 12, it says, Then the men said to Lot, these, these are the two angel men, Have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, Bring them out of the place. Remember, they're there to see, are there ten righteous? Everybody just showed up <laughs> to try to know them. They're like, there's not ten here. Do you have anybody else here, Lot? Because you need to get them, and you need to get them out of here. For we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his son-in-law to be jesting or joking. Lot is like, listen, it's now or never. God is about to destroy this land. And listen, listen, I know it. I believe it. I've walked with my uncle or Abraham, Abram, and I've seen what God has done. Like these angels just blinded everybody. They couldn't even get in. Like this is real. This is going to happen. You have to get out of here. You are married to my daughters. You and, your, and my daughters, y'all got to go. Like now. They thought he was joking. They didn't think he was serious. They weren't willing to listen to what the Lord said and cut the cord of their life to walk into a new life. And this literally cost them their life. It says, as morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Now, these would have been the two daughters who weren't married. Because remember, he just went to his son-in-law. So his other daughter or daughters that were married, he went to them. They thought he was joking. They weren't willing to come. The angels are like, Lot, we got to go. Get your wife. Get the two daughters who are single who have to obey you. Lest you be swept away in the punishment of this city. Now, again, Lot has walked with Abram. He's seen God move. He's, he, he's actually walked away from everything that he's known before. When Abram left the land to go to a land that, he would, that God would show him, Lot went with him. So Lot is not new to packing up and leaving in a spur of the moment. 
Lot knows that this is real and it's going to happen because these men who are angels have already proven themselves to be of God and have the power. And the angels are like, listen, we got to go and we got to go now. And in verse 16, Lot does something that we all have a tendency to do. It says this, but he lingered. Lot lingered. Lot lingered. He was being told to leave everything, but that wouldn't be a reason he would linger. He'd already done that. He knew that God would take care of him. He, he clearly should have been in a hurry. That's clear. He knew what was coming, and he believed that it was coming. Why did Lot linger? Did his wife cause him to linger? Did his daughters, who weren't willing to cut the cord and walk into this new life, did they, were they causing him to linger? Was Lot lingering because he realized that from all these wicked, evil people that maybe he had a responsibility to help them be righteous and he didn't do it? We don't know why Lot lingered. But I think we can all relate to why Lot lingered in some way or another. We've all been in a place where God is cutting the cord and he's telling us to do this. He's telling us to start this. He's telling us to go there. He's telling us to stop this. He's telling us to stay here. And, 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 and we linger. We linger in what's comfortable. We linger in the known. We linger even in the, the mess, in the evil. Sometimes we even linger in the sin. Lot lingers. So the men, the angels, they seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Now, man, I love this, and I know these are angels, but they're in the form of men, and I love this so much because there are times in our lives where we need these men. We need these men and these women to come when we're lingering in evil, when we're lingering in sin, when we're lingering in our old ways, when we're lingering when God wants to cut the cord and bring us into a new place, when we're lingering in danger. Sometimes we need some men or some women to grab our hand and take us out of the city. And better than that, we need to be the men and the women that will take people by the hand, not forcefully, but lovingly, and get them out of the city, out of the danger, out of the evil, out of the sin that they are in, and allow God to cut that cord. These angels, they did that. They're like... <laughs> They may not even know why, but they're like, God says you're too important. We got to get you out of here. And as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Now, the angels, these men, they're giving Lot and his family instructions. Escape for your life. Meaning no one that's left here is going to remain. Everything's going to be demolished. This is important. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be slept, swept away. And Lot said to them, oh, Lot, 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 Lot. He says, oh, no, my lords. Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. I have in my Bible right here. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. 
Come on, man. Like you've, you've been with Abram. You've seen God move. You, you've seen God take you from where you had everything and comfortable and move you into a new place. You've seen God prosper you even as you've been near and actually move into Sodom. You've seen these angels blind like the whole, the whole city of men, you've seen God spare these men. You've seen the miraculous. You believe it because we know you believe it because you already warned your son-in-laws you are coming with the, the men. We know you believe it. And now you're like, I can't do what you're saying because it's too hard. I want Like, what? What? But we do this all the time. God is like, go here. Start that. And we're like, all right, God, I'll leave here. But I, don't, I can't make it there. I can't start that. I can't do that. God's already done. Like, you were, you were here. <laughs> you were in the place that you were only by the grace of God anyway. So what makes you think now that God can't get you to the next place of grace? But Lot's like, no, I can't make it. Now, what's amazing about this is, is people who've, like, done the research in this and, like, scientists and all these people um, that maybe don't believe in the Scripture, they're like, okay, how could uh, any of this, they don't necessarily believe it happened, but, like, what, what could be some explanations? Because when you go to this area, um, there are natural findings that, like, scientists are having a really hard time explaining meaning the level of ash that's there, the sand that's there, the, the makeup of all of that, the scientific stuff. I won't, I won't nerd out and give you all of that. But, but they're like, how could this happen? Maybe, you know, it was this meteor that, like, comes down, this, this fiery meteor, because they, they have relics there, and they're like, the level of heat that would have been required to produce this element We've never seen before, so we don't know how this has happened. Maybe it was a meteor. And so I could just see, like, we're going to read in a minute how God was doing this, but as things were, this heat was raining down, that Lot is like, I'm not going to be able to make it that far. Like, it's coming too fast. It's too hot. It's too close to me. But if God says you can do it, then you can do it. If God says to cut the cord and go to this next place, then to stay where you are is dangerous. If you stop, if you look back, it's dangerous. It may not cost you your life physically, naturally, but it may cost you your dream. It may cost you your calling. It may cost you a season of life that God will have to make up in the future out of repentance and restoration that God never intended for you. It may cost some people from being able to follow Jesus now because of your obedience and they have to wait for God to bring another way because of your disobedience. It's dangerous to stay when God says go. It's dangerous to not pull the cord and cut the cord of a bomb that's counting down from five to four to three to two to one. You got to make a move. You, you got to cut a cord. And I'm not telling you just to cut any cord. I'm telling you as God leads you, don't linger. Don't look back. Don't stop. Don't hesitate. Don't tell God what you can't do or what he can't do in you or through you. And I, again, this is another one of those verses that, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not positive about. This goes on. Um, Lot says behold, in verse 20, behold, this city is near, near enough to flee to, and it's a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. 
He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Now, I don't get this. I don't understand this. All I can say is God is better than me. Because I'd have been like, look, dude, I done told you. I done showed you. This is where you need to go. The best place is right there. No, you can't go to this little place. No, no. I'm destroying all this. I already told you I'm destroying all this. No, that's where you're going. But God's like, all right, I'll let you go to this little place. Probably the fact that, that Lot is emphasizing that it's little is because if it's little, that means it's not doesn't have as many people, which means theoretically it doesn't have as much sin or as much evil. But God has already said he's destroying all of that. Now God says, okay, okay, I'll, I'll save this one city for you, which then, by the way, excludes the whole meteor destroying everything because the meteor wouldn't have known to save that little city that was right in that valley. But that's another sermon for another day. (laughs) He said to him, verse 21, Behold, I grant you this favor also that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly. Like, stop messing around. God has cut the cord. It's time to go. Like, too much talking, too much negotiating. We're moving too slow. It's time to go. Escape there quickly. For I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. This is, this is phenomenal. Look, think about this. The men, the angels, they had to pull Lot and his family out of the city. They're like, we can't leave without you, and we can't destroy it with you here. Now they're like, come on, man. You got to move. You got to get there quickly because we can't do this thing while you're still here. In the midst of destruction, in the midst of evil, in the midst of sin, Lot is protected. Lot Lot, Lot, the righteous man, the Bible calls Lot. Now, we may in our natural eyes try to dispute that, but God calls him righteous. God is protecting him like God won't even move until Lot's taken care of. It's the same way in your life. God's taking care of you. He's ready to move. He just needs you to obey. He needs you to get up quickly and go and do and be who he's told you to be, where he's told you to go and do what he's told you to do. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur, which is also brimstone, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground. But... Lot's wife. Remember, the angels told him, don't stop and do not look back. Lot's wife, behind him, Lot's wife was behind him. Now, this is important. We don't know where their daughters were. But Lot was in front of his wife. His wife was behind him. She looked back. That word looked means look intently. It means regard with pleasure or favor, or care, or respect. She looks back to where they came from, to the place that was full of evil. She looked intently. She regarded with pleasure and favor and care and respect for this place and or this people. Most importantly, she disobeyed what God said. God had cut the cord to Sodom. The cord to Sodom was cut. And God said, don't you even look back. Don't stop. She would not allow God to cut that cord. She looks back. And as she looks back, she became a pillar or a statue of salt. 
think about this. Lot's in front of her. She's behind him. She looks back. She becomes a pillar of salt. We don't know. When does Lot know this happened? Because Lot can't look back to check on her, which to me is like, why is she even behind him? Like, you know you can't look back. You got to put, put her in front. You're the man. Like, you, you know it's safe following this direction. Make sure she don't look back. <laughs> Make sure she don't stop. I, I can't answer all of the theology behind that, but I can just imagine Lot is walking and his wife becomes a statue of salt. And Lot is not even able to turn around and see or mourn his wife. Because if he does, he's gone too. She becomes this statue of salt, which it's amazing. There's, there's two locations in this area right now that people say is um, the, the, the salt statue of Lot's wife that is actually made out of salt, this area. Again, it's a phenomenal scientific area to, to study and explore. But um, one of them doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't look like a, a Lot's wife or a person at all unless she was like a giant, like, a, like crazy tall and a giant. <laughs> but, but, but there's another one in that same area that, like, man, that kind of looks like a, it could be a woman. But, but she was made into a statue, a pillar of salt. And Lot has to keep going. Lot has to keep obeying and keep following what God said, as hard as that may be. And I can't imagine how difficult this must have been for Lot. At some point he realizes he no longer has his wife. He's already realized that he's lost his daughters, not all of them, but he's lost all but two of them. He's lost everything that he knows. He's lost his family, and now he's lost his wife, and he has to keep going because God has cut the cord to Sodom. There is no turning back. And it's not until you're willing to follow God at all cost, no matter what happens in your life, and willing to allow God to cut the cords to the Sodoms in your life, that you will experience and become the fullness of what God wants you to experience and become the fullness of what God wants you to come become. It, it, it says this, and Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley, and he looked, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the over, overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. This is a story that most of us read as drastically tragic. But actually, it's extravagantly graceful. Second Peter, I'm, I'm going to close with this. Second Peter chapter 2, it says this. It says, for if God, in verse 4, if God did not spare angels when they sinned but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them, condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, Greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw 
and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from the trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Here, what is this saying? It's saying that, listen, as, as horrible as that is and as real as that is, Sodom and Gomorrah today is still a land where there is no vegetation, there is no, no, no life form, there's nobody living there. It's right by the Dead Sea where there's no life form in the Dead Sea as well. And, and, and it's just a place of utter destruction, a, a desolate place. And God is like, that is a reminder of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And listen, I don't preach hell, fire, and brimstone, but hell and fire and brimstone are ply. Like, it's in the scripture. It's right here. God is saying this is a reminder for what's going to happen to the ungodly. Now, the good news is ungodly doesn't mean that you miss it or that you get it wrong or that you've sinned so much that there's no coming back. That's not what it means. What the ungodly means is those who refuse to accept and believe the lordship of Jesus Christ, those who continually look back and respect and care for and, 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 and honor the Sodoms, the evil of this world. But God rescued Noah out of the flood. He rescued Lot out of this fire that consumed an entire valley. And if he can do that, here Second Peter tells us, of course he knows how to rescue you. Of course he knows how to provide for you, how to get you to a place of not just prosperity but peace, a place of power, a place of purpose. But it's going to require you to be willing to allow God to cut the cord. I don't like preaching this. I'm not trying to scare you. But if you're not willing to cut the cord when God says cut the cord, something's going to blow up. Something is going to be damaged. Something is going to die. God doesn't want that. We don't want that. So when God cuts the cord, man, let's move. Let's get out of Sodom. Let's leave Gomorrah behind. Let's go to Zor. Even if Zor is little, even if it doesn't make sense of how we'll live in Zor, like, man, let's go there. Let's believe God. Let's walk forward. No matter what horrific things happen behind us, let's keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Let's keep going and keep moving and keep believing and keep growing. And, man, we will get to a place that is far better than any place we've ever experienced here. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.